Our topic is life of Christ, God's sacrifice. Life of Christ, God's sacrifice. I found this to be one of the bedrock of Christianity. I mean, people don't know what we are about to learn today. Um, almost every other topic in Christianity would be wrongly known. Their knowledge would be defective. Their knowledge about the gift of the Spirit. If if we don't, if you don't have a good knowledge of this, your knowledge about the gift of the Spirit will be defective. Your theology about money would be crooked. Your knowledge or your perspective to morality would not be biblical. So this is this is there's something called the I think it's called the Northern Star. Um if I can remember the story around it. It's a particular star that um shines differently from other stars. So when sailors are on the sea and you know you know when you're on the sea or when you're in air, every everywhere is just the same, everywhere is just you know. So you need direction. You you can't direct yourself. When you're on the sea, every you just look. Everywhere just looks the same. So the sailors use the northern star to know that okay, this is where the north is. So I intend to go east or I intend to do this degree. I take my bearing from there. That's how the knowledge what we want to learn today is our bearing in Christianity is from this place. And sometimes we get so familiar with what we have heard that we don't pay enough attention to its implication. We know it, I mean, Christ died. We, we know it. But what's the implication? What's the effect? What does it mean? Okay, so let's start from Genesis chapter 2. Life of Christ, God's sacrifice. Genesis chapter 2. We we'll start from verse um, sixteen, Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen. Are we there? Bible study, Amazon, open Bible and read. Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen. It says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. He says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. I want us to pay attention to the last um, part of that verse. He says, For in this thereof. Can we read that verse 17 again? One, two, go. Good. He says, In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. In the day that you eat thereof. Now, this sometimes when we read this part of the Bible, we just think this implication of sin is 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 customized, it was for Adam. 
that if you sin against me, you will die. We just we just think it's customized. Is this thing is is it was tailor fitted to Adam? But no. The implication of sin is death. That's a good place to start as a Christian. That you have to know this. That the consequences of sin is death. We probably have had, maybe you know, when we were growing up as Christians, that they'll say, ah, that person, so so bad thing that happened to the person is because of this bad thing that the person did. Ah, of course, why would she get a husband? Or why would she get pregnant? Why should she have babies? When she was you know, living a careless life, now God is punishing her. No, the punishment of sin is not delayed marriage. The punishment of sin, or for sin, is not sickness, is not poverty. Amen? The punishment for sin is death. Please say the punishment for sin is death. The punishment for sin is death. Yeah, it's important to know it. The times when you might miss it sometimes, and something bad will happen afterward. Maybe you've been praying for something. Can I say this? Do you know? I'm, I'm going way ahead of myself. But do you know that as a believer, sin doesn't hinder you from receiving answers to prayers? I think we'll get there. Let's come back to where we are. So the punishment for sin is not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not, ah, I know why I didn't get the job. I lied during the interview, so God is punishing me. No! Sometimes I want to tell some people, listen, God is not petty. Do you understand? Romans chapter 6. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 6. Open as quickly as possible. Romans chapter 6. Verse 23. Romans 6, 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. Are we there? It says, The wages of sin. I think the amplifier says, The wages which sin pays is death. Do you understand? The wages which sin pays is death. This is he wasn't this is a general statement. And it's important to know it. It's important to know it. That the wages of sin is death. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 18. You know the book of Ezekiel now. Now you've never opened. <laughs> Don't worry. You can go to the table of content and check for it. It's allowed. <laughs> Ezekiel 18. This is beautiful. Verse 4. He says, Prophet Ezekiel was prophesying. He says, I'm speaking on behalf of God. He says, Behold, all souls are mine. You know, when I think about Ezekiel 18, I get excited. Because it reveals important truths relevant to the New Testament. He says, Behold, all souls are mine. He says, As the souls of the Father, 
so also the souls of the son is mine. He says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The consequences of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now let's go to verse 20. Verse 20. He says it again. He says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Do you understand? So it's everywhere. It's everywhere. That the consequence of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death. God is a righteous judge. And so he must punish sin. He must punish sin. He must punish sin. Islam believes that when you sin and you do good works, I think it's mathematics, the minus also plus, your good works cancel bad works. But it doesn't make sense. Imagine I steal from you. And after I steal from you, I now sweep the streets, clean the gutters. And so we go to the court and say, and then you tell the judge, he stole from he stole my car, my life savings. I used it to buy a car. This guy stole it. And then the judge says, Young man, is it true? I say yes, sir. Say so you are guilty as charge. I say yes. Say, but I want to add something. Say what? He said, I swept the street in front of his house. He said, You did that? Ah no, 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 you can go free. He said, then he says, Sir, how about the car? He said, Ah, no, no, no. Ah, he swept the ah no. It doesn't make sense. He becomes an unjust judge. God is a just judge. Hebrews 12 calls him the judge of all. He is a judge. So he must punish sin. And the punishment is death. Praise God. The punishment is death. But God is also love. So he designed a system. We are moving further now. He designed a system whereby he punishes another innocent person or another innocent entity for the guilt of one person. Praise God. He designed a system where he... Let me tell you why that's important. Because when you are punished for your sins, how are you? When you are punished for your sins, you would not be alive to be able to live after that punishment. Praise God. First of all, we establish one thing. What did we establish? That the punishment for sin is what? That means if you are punished, if you are killed for your sins, you won't be alive to be a free man afterward. Do you get what I'm saying? You won't be alive to be a free man afterward. So God designed a system where he looks at an innocent entity and punishes that one for the sin of the guilty. That way, the person that was guilty can now go free as innocent because his sins have been punished in another. Okay, let's look at that. Leviticus chapter 4. Leviticus chapter 4. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. God is just merciful. You know, people that don't know that the punishment for sin is death are the ones that say, let me take my punishment, I can bear my punishment. You will die and go to hell. Take note that, um, like Hebrews 9.27 said, it said, for it's appointed for a man wants to die after his judgment. He was talking about how Christ, you know, died for our sins. It means if I were to die for my sin, next thing will be judgment. Alright, Leviticus chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Are you there? And the Lord spake unto Mo- Are we there? Yes. Alright. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning the things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sins of the people, let them bring to him, and let them bring to his sins which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for sin offering. So if the people have sinned, he says, let them bring a young bullock. Without blemish. So God designed a system where he brings a lamb, as it were, to take the punishment, to die the death, which is the punishment for the sinner. He brings a lamb. He designed a system where a lamb takes the punishment for the sin of a sinner. Dies the death, which is the punishment. For a sinner. Look at verse 13. It says, For if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, and the things and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning the things which should not be done, and are guilty. 14. He says, When the sin which they have sinned against me is known, then the congregation shall bring a young bullock for the sin and bring it before the tabernacle of the congregation. So we see the system again. Praise God. Where he punishes, he takes, he gives the punishment, carries out judgment upon a lamb for the sins of people. Praise God. He says the same thing in in chapter 5. And just many other portions in that place. You can also put as reference from verse 27 to 29. He says, If any or anyone common people seen through ignorance, you know, and then at the end of the verse, they are found guilty. He says, If anyone seen which sin and come to the knowledge of them, he said he should bring an offering of a kid goat, a female without blemish for the sins that he has sinned. So God designed a system where a lamb takes the punishment for the sin of the guilty. This is because God is love. This is because God is love. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 
First Timothy chapter two verse one. Are you there? You know, there are some scriptures that when you read, eh, they should adjust your mindset. They are like the northern star. You take your bearing from there. This is one of those scriptures. Look at it. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. He said, Exalt therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2, he says, For kings and for all that are in authority. He said that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. He said, For this is the for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. This is good and ac- in, in the sight of God it's good, it's ple- pleasurable, it's acceptable. Can we read verse 4 together? He said, Who will have all men to be saved? This is the, this is what's pleasurable to God. That all men be saved. God is, oh, beautiful. Ezekiel 18. Let's go back to Ezekiel 18. You'll see it again. I said, when I think of Ezekiel 18, I'm excited. Ezekiel 18. Oh, Shibaraton Daradiyahata. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Are we in Ezekiel 18? Ooh. Oh, when those in the New Testament do know about God, and those in the New Testament do not. Huh. Ezekiel 18. Let's read from verse 31 into 32 together. Ezekiel 18, 31 into 32. Let's go. Is it cast away from you all your transgression, whereby you have transgressed, and make new heart and a new spirit? For why we die? Oh, husband. 32. Did you see that? He says, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that died, says the Lord. This was, you remember he talked about in verse 4 and verse 20 that we read earlier. He said, The soul that sinned shall die. He said, I have no pleasure in the death of he that died. I have no pleasure in it. But what is pleasurable and acceptable before him? That all men be saved. So he designed it because he has to be just and also be a God of law. So the punishment for sin is death. But he designed a system where he punishes a lamb, a blameless lamb, for the sin of the guilty. That way he is just and he is also law. Alright, John chapter (laughs) 1. John chapter 1. Glory to God. Ha ha ha. John chapter 1. Ha ha. Who is that lamb? Are you ready? John chapter 1. We're going to read together. Verse 29. John. Not first John. John 1. 29. Alright. Let's read. Want to go. And the next day, John said Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Glory to God. 
he saw Jesus. He said, behold the lamb. This is the, no, no one of them. He is the lamb of God. That taketh away the sin of the whole world. He is the lamb that takes, meaning the other lambs in the Old Testament were not doing it. Take it away. Do you see that? Look at it again. Look at it again. He, he taketh away the sins of the whole world. Huh. He bears the punishment for the sins of the whole world. So someone may ask, then why all the killing in the Old Testament? Hebrews. <laughs> Listen, all the lambs in the Old Testament could not take every sin. I wish Solomon knew this. He will have not done that 1,000 this thing that is being famous for. Do you know, do you know that in the New Testament they don't talk about that? The epistles don't talk about how much Solomon sacrificed 1,000. They do not. Even the writer of Hebrews that talks about the sacrifice in the Old Testament, they don't even talk about that Solomon's sacrifice. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 4 says, Ah, we have to read this. This is important. Hebrews 10, 4. Can we go? 1, 2, go. Four, are we there? Hebrews chapter 10. Ha, 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 ha. Oh. All, it seems like all the scriptures I'm calling today are scriptures that should, you should adjust your mind to. They give you direction. While you were thinking about the sacrifice in the Old Testament, he said, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God. Hmm. Now look at this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4. Can we read? One to go. It says, for it is impossible, it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. This is in the Bible. It says, it is not possible. It is not possible. It is, it is not possible. Do you understand? It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. They can't. Verse 20. Are we there? Alright. Please read. Praise God. Hmm, what scripture I'm looking for? What, what, what verse did you read? Verse 20. Oh, sorry, verse 11, I meant. Verse 11. For every priest standeth daily ministering and 
daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. He said, which can never take away sins. Look at it though. He says, and every priest standeth daily. Do you understand? This was a routine. <laughs> ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. Which can never take away sins. Did you see that? Sacrifice. Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, Now where there is remission, there is no more offering for sin. So we, if, if, if the sacrifices in the Old Testament could do it, there will be no need for more sacrifices. He handled it once. He says, this is the Lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the whole world. He takes it away. And so there is no record of sin again. The word forgiveness um, in the Greek is alphesis. Um, that's the word um, in um, um, where did this guy use it? Where he said the writer of Hebrew uses it when he said um, almost everything is by the law purged with blood. He says, without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. The word remission is aphesis in the Greek is also the same word translated as forgiveness. In um, in Ephesians one seven, where he said we have forgiveness through His blood. It means to to do it, to send something away as if it never existed there. That's the word forgiveness. So forgive and forget. Is tautology. The idea of forgiving is that you forget. Do you understand? The idea of forgiving is that you take away an offense. You send away an offense as if it never existed. As if it was never there. So when he forgives, he forgets. I think it was Joseph Prince that said, God has a graciously terrible memory. Genesis 9.22 Thank you. Um, Hebrews 9.22 He says, For almost all things are by the, um, by the Lord purged with blood. He said, Without a shedding of blood is no remission. God has a graciously terrible memory. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. Praise God. The question would be, so why all those sacrifices in the Old Testament? Do you understand? Why all those sacrifices if they couldn't do anything? Hebrews chapter 10, where we are, verse 1. He says, are you there? He says, for the law having a shadow of things to come and not the very image of the things. And then he goes back to the point where we've been stressing. He says, can never with those sacrifices offered year by year continually make the commas thereof unto perfect. Do you understand? Hebrews 10.1 He says, for the law is a shadow. I think the amplifier says a foreshadow. Do you understand? A foreshadow. 
Meaning, it, it was a type. It wasn't the real thing. Do you understand? It wasn't the real thing. It's just pictured. He says, the law having a shadow of the good things to come. It was a message. All those activities in the Old Testament were a message. God was trying. It's like when you're trying to teach a baby how to count. And you give him stones. You give him two stones here. You give him three stones here. You say, I bring them together. How many? He'll say five. You don't expect him forever to be using stones to count. Do you understand? You are training him to understand. That was what was happening in the Old Testament. It was a message. God, but they couldn't get it. So he had to use those things to teach them. He was teaching them. This is beautiful. And it's sad that some Christians still don't get it. That your sins will be handled by another. A lamb will be responsible to take the punishment for your sins. That was what, Listen, those in the Old Testament got it. And people still struggle with it today. That a lamb will be responsible for the punishment of your sins. You will not. He says, I have no pleasure in the death of he that dieth. Do you understand? Let me tell you something. Hmm? The Bible says in, let's go there. Psalm 100 and, let me locate it. Is it 16? Or 15. Oh, this is beautiful. Do you know that God does not delight in the death of a sinner? He does, that's what he was saying in Ezekiel 18. Hmm. But in Psalm 116, verse 15, look at what he says. Ah! Psalm 116, verse 15. He doesn't delight in the death of sinners. Now let's go to Psalm 116 verse 15. He has a different delight. Hey, verse 15 of Psalm 116 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Why? Paul said, For me to depart is better. Do you understand? That's why it becomes ridiculous for you to pray that a sinner should die. He doesn't delight in it. God would rather that a Christian die. If there was a bomb blast, he would rather that the Christians there die than the sinner survive. It is precious in the sight of the Lord at the death of the saints. Precious in the sight of the... Why? Because it's not a bad situation at all. The death of a Christian is never a bad situation. Paul said it is better. Do you understand? Paul then said, Look, don't cry like those that do not have a hope, that do not have hope. It's when the sinner dies that we know that ah. But a believer dies and when he gets there, he's just rejoicing. Praise God. So all what was happening in the Old Testament was a preaching. In fact, it was the preaching of the gospel. 
It was the preaching. God was telling them that the Christ would take his my love. He would take your sins. And they were able to accept it. It was called faith. It was called faith. That the Christ, the Lamb of God, would take the punishment for your sins. When they accepted it, they were made righteous. That was what happened to Abel. He accepted that his sacrifice of blood be made. And the Bible calls it faith. Hebrews 11 verse 4. Look at it. The story of Abel was said there. I didn't plan to go this way, but this is important. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I said it was a message. All the things that were happening, those things were a message. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Is it the NLT that says, and hearing the message about Christ? So they were hearing the message about Christ. Although in an imperfect form. It wasn't as clear as we have it today. But that a lamb will be responsible for your sins. And they easily believed it. Hebrews 11. Look at verse 4. He says, Sometimes when we read this Hebrew 4, we just jump the first two words. What are the first two words for? Hebrews 11. Verse 4. By faith. By faith, for some reason, once we enter Hebrews 11, we forget what Romans said about faith. He said, faith comes by hearing. And the hearing is the hearing about Christ, the message of Christ. So when he says, by faith, it means he heard about the sacrifice for sins. He accepted it. Look at it. He says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent Sacrifice than Cain. He says, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Do you understand? It's the same way. How did Abraham, you know, if, if, like I tell people, if you focus too much on what the Old Testament books say, you might miss it. Because the New Testament, especially the epistles, explain the Old Testament. Praise God. So, when you look at Abraham, you think God just told him, Can we go out? He said yes. And then, he just, for just saying yes, he became righteous. No, Abraham believed. No, the Bible said God preached the gospel to Abraham. That was what he believed. I was made righteous. Hallelujah. Do you understand? So it wasn't like God just said, Ah, Abraham, don't go out today. Say, eh, do not go out. Say yes. And then he didn't have accident. And because he just believed. No, 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 no. There was what he heard. Yes. Do you understand? There was what he heard. The Bible calls it the gospel. That's important. So all of those activities, or some of those activities rather in the Old Testament, were the preaching about Christ. It was like drama, you know, when we dramatize it. it but was the message was about Christ. And that's what they believed. 
So I said, why were why if those sacrifices couldn't make them safe? If it wouldn't make if we don't take away their sins, why did they do it? It was a type, it was the preaching about Christ. It was a foreshadow about Christ. Praise God. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. That's verse 1 of Hebrews 11. You know what? In your own time, read Hebrews. This is this this is not the best way to read the book of Hebrews, but try it from chapter nine to chapter um, ten, verse eighteen. You'll be surprised. Reading that portion is reading the book of Galatians. It 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 almost throws you off balance. Sometimes you 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 look at a verse, you circle it. You say, is this one true? For example, the one we read. It says, those sacrifices never took away sins. And some people are celebrating Solomon. For sacrificing 1,000. Never. He did not. <laughs> we just say, thank you, Jesus, for your work. And that's it. We celebrate what Christ has done. It's the real thing. Praise God. Verse 2 says, For then, they would have ceased to be offered. It says, For then, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have no conscience of sins. He says, But these, but those sacrifices, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. He says, wherefore, oh, glory to God. He says, verse 5 of he- Romans chapter, um, Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Hebrews 10, verse 5. He says, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, that's when the Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings thou would not. He had no pleasure in it. He says, but a body you have prepared for me. He says, in bond offerings and sacrifices for sins, thou had no pleasure. He was not, he was nothing. He had no pleasure. Did you see that? The seven says, then he said, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do thy will. In my Bible, I circle, I underline that to do thy will. This is the will of God. That's what the Christ came to do. And it, see, people have an issue understanding what the will of God is. The thing, the will of God is that I marry a fair lady. Or the will of God is that I become a pastor. Read your the epistles and see what it calls the will of God. It's the salvation plan in Christ. That's the will of God. He says, I have come to do thy will. Verse 8. He says, above when he says, sacrifices and offerings, and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou would not, neither had no pleasure therein, um, which are offering, um, offered by the law. So the law said to offer those things. Verse 9. Then said he, lo, I come to do 
thy will, O God. It's not, I've come to do one of your wills. Mm -mm. I've come to do your will. He says, O God, he taketh away the first and established the second by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ. He says, once and for all. Then verse 11 says, For every high priest standeth daily, we've read this verse, offering and ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. It says, But this man had offered one sacrifice for sin forever. He swallowed up all the weights. He fulfilled the demand, the demands of justice. All the punishment that there is for sin. He swallowed it. He took all the punishment that there could ever be. Once. Says it taketh away the sins of the world. Praise God. Alright. Let's 12 again. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat at the right hand. He says, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. He says, by one there, this guy just keeps emphasizing one. You know, he says, by one of, this is important. Let me tell you why. Because studying salvation from an individualistic point of view would lead you to error. Do you hear what I said? Studying salvation, forgiveness of sin, righteousness from an individualistic point of view would lead you in error. There was a guy that said um, he wanted to study if salvation was eternal. So he did it like projects. A case study, uh, this one is eternal. A case study of Judas. One that Judas Iscariot, which God that guy did, he named like three people. I said, this one, he will land in error. Why? First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians, just put your hand in Hebrews 11. And go to First Corinthians 15. Or let's even start from Romans chapter 5. You know, when you're talking about salvation to people, the salvation plan of God, some people now say, ah, you don't know me. You don't know what I have done. So they are looking at it from an individualistic point of view. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 12. He said, Wherefore, as by one man sin came into the world, or sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passed unto all men, for that all have sinned. How did all sin? It was in that one man. It was in that one man. Praise God. It was in that one man. Romans 5.12. Did I say Hebrews? Sorry, I've said too much Hebrews. So, okay. So, are you there now? Have you seen it? Now, look at First Corinthians 15. Look at the screen one. You see something. First Corinthians 15. Verse 22. I'll start from verse 21 to verse 22. He says, For since by one man came death, by one man came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22 says, For as in Adam all died. Do you understand? 
So you study the death and the resurrection as in Adam and in Christ, respectively. Do you understand? You don't study forgiveness of sin from an individualistic perspective, um, point of view. I want to study it in my case from the amount of sins I've committed, from the frequency of how I commit sins. No, you don't study like that. You study what God did in Christ. He handled all of our sins in one night. Just like in Adam all died. Do you understand? So you don't you don't start this is this is where the folly of Mahatma Gandhi is, is revealed. Where you want to look at yourself and say, From how I have lived my life, I think I am righteous. Sorry. In Adam all died. Do you understand? In Adam all died. In Christ all are made alive. Praise God. Alright. So let's go back to Hebrews. Where we were. Um, Hebrews 10. Verse 12 says. But this man. After he had offered one sacrifice forever. Sat on the right hand of God. As for expecting his animals. He made his food. So verse 14. Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by one offering. He perfected. Forever them that are sanctified. Whereof. The Holy Ghost. Also. Is a witness to us that after that he had said, sorry, for after that he had said before, verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make in after those days, said the Lord. He said, I'll put my laws in their heart and in their mind. I'll write it, verse 17. He says, and their sins and their iniquities I'll remember no more. This is the perspective of God. This is the perspective of God. Is he talking about Christians? Question. No response. I'm not getting a response. Look at it and think. Was he talking about Christians there? Verse 17. Let me, let me read from verse 16 to verse 17. He says, and this is the covenant I will make in those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, in their hearts. And on their minds, I will write them. He says, their sins and their iniquities are remember no more. Was he talking about Christians in that verse? Okay. So who who else has who else is in support? Who is where else is for and who is against? And who is in the middle? Who is not for everybody anybody and is for everybody? <laughs> He believes that the scripture was talking about Christians. Mm. What do you think? You think he's talking about Christians? Okay. And what do you think? Yes. Um, I agree with him. He's referring to those that were 
Okay, so you believe he's talking about Christians. Are you second guessing yourself or you're sure? You think you're sure? When you're studying salvation, you don't study it from an individualistic perspective. Let me add it. You don't study it in a group perspective also. In Christ, what happened? Um, in, in Adam. In Christ, I made a life. Do you understand? He doesn't remember the sins of the world. Why? John chapter 1 verse 29. That is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Do you understand? So, so they will not go to hell for their sins. Do you understand? So we'll go to John chapter 3 verse 16. Very popular. Right? But not well understood also. <laughs> Alright. John chapter 3 verse 16. Are we there? John chapter 3, verse 16. He says, For God so loved the world. And how I wish we can make the world know that God loves them. You know that guy living in your area that smokes and drinks and does all the wrong stuff. And I know you are planning to evangelize to him. You've just not done it for the past five years. You are still planning to do it. I know where you want to start from. This is your life that you are living. <laughs> but we are studying the life of Christ, the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Is it not interesting that in John chapter 4, when Jesus was evangelizing to the woman at the well, you know, arguably one of the worst sinners in her day. Do you understand? She had had plenty husbands. I mean, if she was in Africa, if she was in Nigeria, she would have needed deliverance. And nobody would want to marry her again. Because everyone she married died. And then she married someone else. At a point, she was like, you know what? Let me just have side pay. There's no point sealing the deal again. She said, the person you are living with is not even your husband. So, he had a word of knowledge. Johnson. But what did he say? You know, before then, he said, go and call your husband. She said, don't. He said, you have five. The one you're living with now is not your husband. She was in his house, Gelo. Do you understand? Eh. They were using the other room very well. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand? But before that, what did he say? He said, give me water to drink. And then she said, ah. and then he said, look, I can give you water. And that water will make you never to test again. He knew her situation. He knew who she was. But that was not where he pitched his message on. Because studying salvation from an individualistic point of view would land you in error. One, the person would have a problem growing spiritually. He would have a problem growing spiritually. Because even you, 
grew, as you were growing, you were falling and doing things that surprised you. So, when you make the person look at himself, when talking about salvation, the person's growth will be stunted. But he has to look at Christ, the life of Christ. But this is the sacrifice for my sin. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he said, He made him to be sin. Who knew no sin? That we might. He didn't. Oh, who? This is the Corinthian church. Oh. Do you know who those guys were? <laughs> Corinth. Uh, don't try them. Jonathan, don't try Corinth. You know, there are these zealous people that will come. They were babes. They didn't know anything. They didn't know much. And so they want to have services and preach in other tongues. Paul said, calm down. Eh? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto man, but unto God. Why? No man understanded him. But before he got there, he spoke about a particular brother. First Corinthians 5. That sinners used to go and take tutorials form on how to step up their singing level. <laughs> Do you understand? And in that same church, he said he made him to be seen. Who knew you sin? That you might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you understand? He didn't say, now this statement excludes Brother so and so, no. Praise God. So where we were is John chapter 3 verse 16. He says, For God so loved the world, not for God so loved the church, not for God loved those that are serious with things of God, but he says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, God sent on his son to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. This is what he sent him to do. Let me say it again. That the world through him might be saved. I'll say it again. That the world through him might be saved. Not healed. Not prosperous. But saved. Jesus himself said it. In chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I have come. This is why I came. They're like, Jesus, why did you come? He said, I have come that you might have life. Do you understand? I have come that you might have life. Now, does God bless financially? Yes. Was that why Christ came? No. Does God heal the sick? Yes. Is that the gospel? No. Do you understand? I have come that you might have life. That's important. That's important. I heard someone say that, you know, that Christ came that you'll be rich. He spoke about how a particular man of God is so rich. I said, wow. I was just thinking about the budget I saw for the royal wedding yesterday and I was thinking if I should think this man of God is rich <laughs> do you understand doesn't run into millions of dollars 
pounces. Jensen, wedding noodles. Hmm. Someone once said, if you want to see true prosperity, come to the church. I said, how much did he even spend that he was? Is he? Is he how much? I say, ah. Okay. Praise God. I have come that you may have life. So, does God bless financially? Yes, he does. Do you understand? Do we experience material favor? Yes, we do. Do we receive healing? Yes, we do. Was that why the Christ came? No. Like my mentor would say, whatever you could get without the coming of the Christ was not why he came. Anything that was you could get without Christ coming was not why he came. Many people were healed before Christ came. Brought back to life without prayer. Do you understand? People got answered to prayers before Christ came. Do you get what I'm saying? Look at how Moses... Do you you know the kind of miracle that Moses was doing? These guys were feeding people. Some people their entire lifetime. They were fed supernaturally. Under the ministry of Moses. What he came to do couldn't have been done any other way. So it has preponderance over any other teaching in the Bible. I like the song by Outboss. It says, What you do, what you did, nothing can undo. Hi! Nothing. And someone said, What he did, water cannot do. You know the water of John the Baptist? <laughs> That's not good here. Praise God! So he was a sacrifice for our sins. He says, and not for our sins alone. First John. He says, but for the sins of the whole world. First John chapter 2. He says, beloved, um, my little children, this child I give unto you that you sin not. And then he takes their eyes away from their sins and talks about Christ. He says, if any man sin, then he forgets about that guy. And says, we have an advocate with the Father. If any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. If there is a sinner that needs salvation, we have an advocate with the Father. The mediator with the Father. Don't point him to this. He knows. He knows his sin already. Do you understand? We have an advocate with the Father. He says, Jesus Christ the righteous. He says, the propitiation, the payment for our sins, and not for only us, he says, for the whole world. For the whole world. Praise God. Alright. So, um, let me read the last verse I want to read in Hebrews 11. And, um, Hebrews, no, Hebrews chapter 10, that's where we were. We read verse 17 already when he said, uh, let me start from verse 16. So this is, this is where I asked the question from. I said, and this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. 
I'll put my law in their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. He says, and their sins and their iniquities I'll remember no more. He says, for where there is remission of these, for where the remission of these is, he says, there is no more offering for sin. It is by one sin he has sanctified all, he's perfected all of them. Jameson, one offering. So that's what the life of Christ has brought for us. He was the lamb that took away our sins. He was the lamb that took away our sins. He was the lamb that took away our sins. Praise God. Jesus himself said, except a corn of wheat, a corn of wheat falls to the ground and die. He was thinking about his life. He said, it abides alone. He said, but if it dies, it shall bring forth much fruit. I like what Major Ian Thomas said, old Bible scholar, that was good. He said, the life, talking about Christ, the life of Christ, he said, the life he lived, do you Of course, the life he lived was because of the life he had. The life he lived qualified him for the death he died. Do you understand? And then the death he died qualifies us for the life that we now live. Do you understand? We now have that life. He has given us that life. Praise God. Amen. So this is who we are. Praise God. Amen. We are justified. I like the definition of um, E.W. Kenyon. His definition of righteousness. The ability to stand in the presence of the... I mean, every... It's like those... You know you know those kind of soup? That anything you take, you will, you will, you will choose something nice. <laughs> Do you understand? That's how his de- that definition was. Yes, sir. Any, any, ah, is it that you are taking stock meat or crayfish or something? There's just, he said it is the ability to stand in the presence of the Father. A lot of people are shouting, oh God, oh my Lord and oh my God. The ability to stand in the presence of the Father. Without a sense of guilt. Inferiority or condemnation. Do you understand? Without a sense of guilt, no condemnation, no inferiority. So this is what Christ has done for the world. Praise God. Amen. This is what Christ has done for the whole world. His life was the sacrifice for the whole world. And so when we see someone, we are to declare the good news that the Lamb of God has paid for your sins. And you can accept his life by believing. Do you understand? Whosoever believes, he says, should not perish. Your sins have been fully paid for. Past, present and future. Fully. This is why it's called gospel. It's called the good news. So we go forth and declare it. Praise God. Amen. Right, do we have any questions?
Hebrews 10. Old. Salvation studied from the perspective of everybody. Jonathan, it's in Christ. Salvation is in Christ. And it's for everyone, it's for all. Yes. Um, the provision for salvation is for all. This this is the This is the coming of my Stop. Who are the people God intends to put his law in the hearts of? Christians or the whole world? In fact, does he intend to put his laws in the hearts of Christians? They have received, have they not? Do you understand? So when he says, I will, he's talking about his salvation plan. And his salvation plan is for who? Do you get it now? This is a prophecy. Jonathan, this is a prophecy. Cool? Any questions? Okay. When we're talking about death, mm. um, we're reading the Old Testament. Yes. When we started thinking about the Genesis, and then I'm going to remember that. God Abraham, that he You know, I heard a man of God said, he was talking about tithes. And he was talking about how we should tithe and different things and different things. And he said, you know, there's some of these people should not tithe. Look at their lives. Look at our lives. Do you know the Bible said the difference is clear? Is <laughs> <laughs> it seven no version? He said, you know the Bible said the difference is clear. <laughs> what? Yes. It's not hearsay. I watched him say it. Do you know when that came up? And then he continued. You know when you watch more? When you yes, I'm sure someone wrote it down. I'm sure one guy that has been looking for it just this is the word. This is this is the ultimate proof. Someone said something. He said, you know, this man is said to preach about making money. This man of God, this this is who God sent to make him about that when you look at his life and you see the evidence because he has making money, you know. That means we should follow him. Results is never a proof of validation by God. Number one, go and check his library. He probably has more secular books on material prosperity than books written by Christians. So we can do the mass and say, if he didn't read those books, he wouldn't have been as rich as he is. Do you understand? It's never a proof. But on the side, like I said, the Bible says the difference is clear. Ridiculous. But please continue. I was saying, the death of God was saying, so it's spiritual. Death. Then this event is that we Talking about 
and then there are some instances of death that are called in the Old Testament. There are instances of death that are called today. <laughs> I <mean>, okay. <laughs> okay, like for example, when that guy, I, I forgot when they took the act. Mm-hmm. That guy that nobody talked about in the episodes, right? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I get what you're saying. So, you know, you wanted to, like, do the act on it for them. Mm. wanted to maybe mm. end or something. Then he died. Yeah. Then you've seen so many other extents of, like, you commit sin. Then you just, you know, sometimes you are going to die. And then, but this is the next piece that we've read that we saw that sin shall die. And then the death that God told Adam, that mm. we know that is spiritual death. Which one has it? Is it physical death? This is the best cross now. Is it physical death oh. or spiritual death? Then okay. linking it now to our study, like uh, wages of sin is death, right? I mean, talking about when New Testament, mm-hmm. when we talk about death, we to say like eternal condemnation, mm-hmm. right? Going to so, do you understand? Okay, she'll link do, you, do, you, do you understand my question? I think I understand your question. Okay. So she I think what she's trying to explain is connect the dots. There's physical death, yes. there's spiritual death, there's eternal death. Explain. Now, the wages of sin is death. Jensen, look, let me explain Romans chapter 5 verse 12 again. Let's read it. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Now, of course, we know that in um, Genesis chapter 2, when God said, the day you eat, you will surely die. I made us read, the day you eat, you will die. For a reason. He didn't die eternally that day, did he? Did he die physically that day? Do you understand? So he died spiritually that day. Yes. Spiritual death is, when he said, when we read him, um, First Corinthians 15 verse 22. In Adam all died. Just like in Adam all died. Spiritual death. It's not as if in Adam all of those were physically uh, dead. Then when we were born, it was resurrection of... No, 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 no. And as simple as this thing is... Okay, let me not go there. But we died in Adam. Spiritually. Do you understand? We died in Adam spiritually. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You had they quickened who were dead. He talked to a whole city. It's like, like writing a letter to Kaduna. And says, You had they quickened who were dead. It's not as if there was massive death in Kaduna. Then the Spirit of God just came like dry bones and just rose there. Do you understand? Everyone was spiritually dead. Jensen in Adam. Then, um, when a spiritually dead person dies physically, sorry for him, eternal death, or what the Bible calls the second death, 
eternal damnation. Hell forever. Do you understand? Good. Now, Hebrews chapter 5 is 12 says, For by one man sin entered into the world. Did you see that? For by one man, meaning the, the word there is the first appearing of something. Do you understand? There was no sin in the world before Adam. And it gave room to death. Physical, spiritual, and eternal. Do you understand? It gave room to death. That was why man could now die. That's how man died spiritually. The sin of Adam was how man died spiritually. Do you understand? Now, we know that was why man was able to now die physically. Because at the return of the Christ, when our salvation will be consummated, we will never die again. We will have eternal life. Do you understand? So, the consequence of sin is death. What happened because of sin is death. Jensen, death was caused by sin. Spiritual death, physical and eternal. Then because of the life we have in Christ, we are made alive spiritually. Jensen, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the resurrection when the Christ will come of the dead. Jensen, that's those that have died physically and are Christians. It talks about their resurrection. And they will never die again. Have answered the question. So, death was caused by sin. Physical, spiritual and eternal. Clear? Is it? Physical. Yes. Somewhere. So happen. <laughs> okay. What pass me over? Yeah. You know, let me let me explain let me explain something to you. Yeah. Like I said, if you pay if you if you pay too much attention in the Old Testament, yes. you might run into error. It's safer to interpret the New Testament from the Old Testament from the New Testament. Do you understand? Good. So while they would bring a lamb. And you think that lamb is the real deal? He says, "No, forget those lamb. The lamb, lamb takes away the sin of the world." Do you understand? So even if someone died physically, do you understand? That was the main thing about sin and death is eternal death. Of course, it was dead spiritually. Do you understand? <laughs> so sin or no sin, the person is already dead spiritually. Jensen, uh-huh. so when we see things in the Old Testament, we have to explain them from the New Testament. Jensen, so the person, for example, there are cases like Achan that they stoned him and his family and everything to death. You would have said, ah, the consequence of sin, the punishment for sin is death. Achan has died physically. That's not the most important thing. For example, Samson. Sin. Killed himself because he. That, that was the modern day Boko Haram. He blew himself. 
Just that he fell the building on himself and others. I think that's where Boko Haram got their cue from. <laughs> you understand? But he did that in faith. Heroes of faith, Hebrews 11. Do you understand? I told you, faith comes by hearing the message about Christ. Do, thank you. Do you understand? He did. Like Moses, ra- choosing to rather suffer. Do you understand? The people of God than enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. That's what happened. Do you get? That's what happened. That's what happened. So, it could have been physical in the Old Testament. Do you understand? But, um, the interpretation of being the new testament. Jonathan. So, any other questions? Related or related questions to what we have studied today? Okay, you have a question? Go ahead. Sorry? Next week. Next week. Um, okay. Sorry, that's what we do the conclusive part of this message. Now that we have that life, Jason, now that we have the life of Christ, you know, life of Christ, God's sacrifice, next week is life of Christ, endless life. How are you? Good to see you. Please come and have a seat. Now that we have the life of Christ, Jason, what? What's the resultant effect in our own lives? Do you understand? That's an important part of our spiritual growth. Now that we have... Okay, now that he has done it, he has come to give us life. We believe we have eternal life. What's the effect in our lives? It's beautiful. The new creation is the best of God's creation. Do you understand? Your valuation about yourself should... Be from what God has said about you. Listen, learn. Um, some days ago, I posted on Facebook that my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. Let me tell you that mindset. Eh, you need to keep adjusting yourself to it. I once read in a book um, a story a pilot said. Okay, that. You know, when you, if you've flown with a plane before, where you plane before, they'll tell you, we'll touch ground in two hours' time, exactly two hours. It's like the stopwatch that is in the dust land. Right? A pilot said 99% of the time it planes in flight. It flies off course. You've heard it before. Do you understand? It flies off course. So if it's meant to go like this, 99% of the time it's here or here. How does it land at the time they say? It's not as if the pilot to be doing like this. This is not how he's driving. <laughs> you understand? So how do how does he know? How can he predict that in exactly 60 minutes will touch ground? When he goes, he comes back. When he goes like this again, he comes back. He keeps adjusting to where he should be. You have to keep adjusting your mentality that my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. Do you understand? And in the social media age we are today, do you understand? I mean, you just finish school. You are trying to start up your life. You say, let you get somebody to help you. The person asks for assurance. 
Thank you. Did you understand? My grandfather, grandmother, did not have assurance. <laughs> Great grandmother, did not have assurance. What's all this assurance thing about? Uh, you know, assurance of salvation is okay now. Say no. We have exposure. And then just when we thought the ultimate Bella Ninja wedding was done with his daughter's wedding. <laughs> then there's a royal wedding. Okay. Do you understand? And then people start editing ah, this list. Before they wanted a guy that was this and this. So like, let's add more. Let's add more. Let's add more. <laughs> Did you get? Thank you. And so there is pressure. Yes, sir. This practical. Yes, sir. There is pressure. True, true, sir. That I want to get this. I want to get that. I want to get this. And look, it's it's good to look good. It's good to have things. Do you understand? Some people just have that personal preference. They love to look good. There are just some things they love to have around them. And if it doesn't have a hold on you, that's fine. Jensen, that's fine. But in your mind, this must be settled. That my life does not consist of the abundance of things that I possess. Jensen, my life. <laughs> there was a story that a man asked Jesus. He said, Jesus, my brother. Tell him to give me part of the inheritance. <laughs> this is inheritance. He didn't work for it. Jesus, this is by grace that he received freely. Tell, you know inheritance, I don't work for it. Tell him to re- give me. Do you know the answer of Jesus? <laughs> hey. He said, who made me? Jesus said, hey, George, this is not, this is not the area of my calling. It's not if they want it, I'm led I'm in that direction. No. And then he says, beware of greed. <laughs> <laughs> On top, give me, let him, he didn't say let him give me everything. No. Just tell him to share. Do you understand? <laughs> My own share. And then he said, your life does not consist in the abundance of things that you possess. You will not know until you buy a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at... Have you have you been in someone's car before? And you looked at other people that are trekking like, hey, pass off in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> then you'd realize... That material things are trying to get a hold of you. Yeah. Do you understand? When you just dress, you didn't even plan to meet anybody. You just wanted to go and get matches. And then the shop is not open. You know those kind of wicked, wicked, stupid, stupid, going far. You plan to buy it near your house. Then suddenly the person doesn't didn't open the shop. Then you move a little further and that doesn't have change. Then you now have to just take 15 naira bike to somewhere and then you meet somebody. <laughs> and the university is looking at you like, uh-uh, did they chase you away from home? Why are you looking like this? <laughs> you understand? Someone that you have been dragging, you know, who is a bigger, or a bigger girl with things, and then he just meets you looking like something. And then suddenly, inferiority complex steps in. 
my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. You look at yourself that God values me. I'm worth Christ dying for. Do you get what I'm saying? I am worth Christ dying for. Do you understand? I am worth Christ dying for. I am God's best. Like the best of his creation. And it was time to make man. It had to be group projects. You know those kind of things that you cannot do only you. Say let us. The new creation is God's best creation. Jesus. So you always learn to value yourself and other people that way. Jesus, when you see a believer that has more than you have or less than you have, your valuation should not change. The new creation in Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I said, for you, always tell yourself, my life. So when you plan to get something new, you are saving your money, saving it, saving it, saving it, saving it. This guy spoke about how they became millionaires. They were gathering the money. They were gathering it. They were not spending it. This is like persecution. They were just gathering the thing. Until you only want me. Ah! Babylonians. Jonathan, when you're trying to save up to get something, let you know that your life does not consist in the abundance of things that you possess. You might not know until, God forbid, they steal that thing. <laughs> yeah, like, it's finished. <laughs> it is finished. You just run mad. <laughs> You know, in Lagos, eh, when you jump inside <laughs> lagoon, you will drown. Eh? Then they'll now go, ah, ah, hoo, hoo. then you come back alive. Kaduna is different. There are crocodiles in that river. They will eat you. Just, uh, it's Lagos on the swim trick that you do, that you're not restored. They can't resuscitate you. Crocodile. For real, there are crocodiles in that river. They will eat you. Nobody will bring you out. It's not, it's not Jonah. Forget that Jonah story. It's not crocodile. Do you understand? <laughs> this is important. This is it. The guy just break up. You just send it over. You just send it's over. You say what's over? I say my life. Do <laughs> 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 you understand? It's important. Not that because you can't get that job, then you can't be friends with that person again. See, I knew if I had that job, I mean, this person would be able to, I would be able to flow at the same frequency. You know, James spoke about it. He said when the guy went purple, you know, guy just when he comes in, you know when everybody's wearing perf, but when this guy enters, <laughs> his perf becomes our perf. He's <laughs> <laughs> like anointing he rubs up on all of us. When he comes in, now say, I'm not giving cheer. He now sit down. They will now say, we want to speak about Christ today. He now say, no, no, I was Christ. Speak about. The royal wedding. <laughs> and they was okay, today I want to talk about the royal wedding. You know, it's just like the wedding of the lamb. The, yeah. And the last day, you know, 
We'll be at the table with Jesus. Do you see how he was taking? No, 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 no. No matter how royal the guy is, see that like everybody will listen to the word. I value myself by the life that Christ has given me. My perspective about see, let me tell you, eh? Money is a strong demon. Money. Eh? Money is very, is a serious issue. Probably that's why Jesus attacked it the way he did. <laughs> Inheritance, beware of greed, beware of covetousness. He said, You can't serve God. Money is a serious issue. In fact, the way you handle money is a demonstration of your understanding of the work of Christ. Money alone. I did a study in on Grace of Group. It was Luke chapter, is it Luke chapter 3 or Luke chapter 6? People came to meet John the Baptist and said, um, what should we do? Everybody, from soldiers to normal people to tax collectors, he didn't say soldiers don't oppress. Mm-mm. Money. He spoke about money. 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 Someone said some days ago, he posted on Facebook some days ago, he said, the way you, when I see your bank statements, hmm, I'll know who you are serving. You know, this is 2018. And that looks like, ah, it's not possible. Ah, now, ah, ah. But it's still true. It was true in the days of the apostles. It's true today. Let me say it again. It was true in the days of the apostles. When we see where your money is going to, Jesus said this. He said, where your money is, your heart. You know, um, rams, hmm? not goats, ram, you know, ram and sheep. Help us, the family is away. Do you understand? The way it works is sometimes, I've seen this happen, though you need to control only one, the others will just follow. That's how it is. That one is money. The follower is your heart. You know, read the Bible. Say, guard your heart with all diligence. You know how you do it. You direct your money. You see, where your money is, your heart will follow. It is the way your heart is. Your money will follow. Mm-mm. Where your money is, your heart just follows. So. Now, for us in Grace of this is our year of fraudulence, this is our year of spiritual growth. Part of what you want to do is making sure that more of your money goes to the kingdom. Your, I explained it in Grace of Group. I said, like, have you seen where, you know, they tell you guys to do a project and you commit a lot to it? Maybe your time, maybe your resources. And because of that, you're genuine, but guys, now let's do this thing. Why? The amount you have spent already. It, it just makes you a serious student. Ah. <laughs> okay, when did you become this kind of serious student? Like, ah. <laughs> because you have committed your resources. Commit more of your resources to the things of God. 
you just realize that <laughs> you're just extra. <laughs> the time I bought a Bible worth ten thousand, even if I don't want to read, <laughs> we'll read this. You know, this this Bible we will read it. I'm studying it. <laughs> ten thousand. We'll, we'll spend this money here. Do you get what I'm saying? So you can buy things or buy books. And please, please, I beseech you in the name of God, <laughs> don't buy funny books. God's will is prosperity. That's a comedy book. I have told you, the will of God is the salvation plan of Christ. I can recommend people for you that you buy their books. Buy the book in your own book. I heard a man of God, if I tell you guys who he is, all of you know him, I'll be surprised. Say this. He said, you know him, Shay? You don't know him. <laughs> you know when you don't know any man of God? You don't know fashion designer. <laughs> You'll be sure you don't know him. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, he said, when I started reading, no, he said, when I started reading E.W.K. books, I started going into error. Tristan. Please, man of God. I can actually say his name. You know why? Let me tell you why I can say his name. Let me tell you why I can say his name. Because I don't think he is teaching. I don't think you can express spiritual growth under him. Let me tell you on that statement he said, I have never read a Kenyatagin book. A man of God, known nation globally. Okay, he said that. He said that. Okay. Not me. Okay. And he didn't give his reason. Eh? Because here's his reason. No, number one, he said he said you know someone that starts going into error when he changes book, he's already in error. <laughs> because what he thinks. And then the next thing he said is he has never read a Kenneth Hagin book. Why? Because that's not his line of ministry. To be, he needs to have to be comedy or something else. Do you understand? The guy even wears special suits on his You should understand. Well, you want to go read these books? So, invest. And then, yes, invest in Bristol too. What's the Star Wars? Okay. <laughs> Alright, praise God. Where your money is, your heart will be. I'm trying to make you experience spiritual growth this year. Do you understand? So I'm teaching you how to go about it. Now I've taught you about the life of Christ and what he has done. And I'm telling you, direct your heart. <laughs> Direct your heart. Direct your heart. Consciously invest more in the kingdom of God. James, consciously invest more in the kingdom of God. Why? So that you grow spiritually. It's not so that you'll be best materially. So that you grow spiritually. If you want to have more money, let me tell you what to do. Go and buy books by people that have plenty of money. People like Donald Trump. People like Robert Kiyosaki. Do you understand? But if you want to grow spiritually, buy books like E.W. Kenyon's books. Do you understand? Kenyon's books. 
Do you understand? Attend meetings like pray up. Don't come late. <laughs> Let me say it again. Let me act it again. <laughs> Five books by EWKO. By Kenneth Higgins. Attend meetings like pray up. Then I face you. I say what? <laughs> Praise God. Have you been blessed? Yes, sir. The final thing I want to do say is from James chapter 1. Um, it's an instruction, and I give you the most, maybe about the most important instruction I would have to give today. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Manda Gabo Shikrato Rodolo Prinadandi Rigabashi Nandaradia Gabasitarado Shinandi. Verse 22. He says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For he that is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man that beholding his natural face in a glass. I know why he said man. Because if you use women, they don't see their natural face in the mirror. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. He says, for he, for verse 23. <laughs> it's James, it's James, not me. He says, verse 23. For if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that beholdeth his natural face in a glass. And for he beholdeth himself and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. He said, But whosoever looketh at the perfect law of liberty and continues. Do you understand? So you go and study this thing between now and next Sunday. Do you understand? You go and study this thing between now and next Sunday. You continue. You think about it. Do you understand? And continue. He said, therein, for he not being a forgetful hearer, a fundamental part of you being a doer of the world is that you are not a forgetful hearer. Do you understand? That you are not a forgetful hearer. You remember what you are taught. It's a fundamental. You cannot do what you can't remember. It's not. It's not as if you are programmed. I didn't come to program you. James, I came to teach you, so you know it. You remember, and then you do it. Do you understand? So that's important. Praise God. All right, just worship God and thank Him.